want them? CBS has them. Movies for guys who like movies. One big, bad, in-your-face movie every Sunday night. Sunday. Hey there, folks. Welcome to our inaugural Movies for Guys Who Like Movies podcast. Uh, Basically, Josh and I were uh, bored in July and part of August and figured we'd throw as much of these as we can. They're just movie reviews for guys who like movies based off the old uh, TBS, uh, I don't know, segment or whatever. So, yeah, here we are. (laughs) Yep. Gonna review some uh, rewatchable movies that we both enjoy. Mm-hmm. And hopefully you will too. Um, so, kicking things off with, of course, one we've wanted to review for a long time: the 1997 classic Con Air. But uh, before we do that, follow on Twitter ec underscore hero or Instagram ec herocast. Myself on Twitter, Eddie C eighty five or Joshy Knows Best. There we go. Um, let's see. I did do a time capsule for this one. Uh, let's see. Our champions in wrestling. I always like when we can stray from the modern time. When did this come out in ninety seven? This was June of nineteen ninety seven. Let's see if I can guess some of these. See how good I am. All right, so what champions are you going to list? I've got, uh, well, we'll start with WWF champion. June 1997. That would be Undertaker. Correct, yes. This one's probably the easiest, although I probably just spoiled it. The WCW champion. <laughs> uh, June 1997. I'm guessing it has to be Hogan. Yes, Hollywood Hulk Hogan. And uh, this one, well, this and IWGP will be tricky, but we'll try it. Uh, ECW champion. Hmm. Let's see. Yeah, I'm struggling with this one. Um, just got to throw a guess out there. Uh, Sandman. No, it is Terry Funk. <laughs> oh. Was this uh, shortly after their first pay-per-view? I believe so. Okay, that makes yeah. sense. And then IWGP champion, if you, you, can <laughs> guess, you can guess if you'd like. but uh, No guess on that one. It is Shinya Hashimoto. All right. And the number one song at the time. This is quite funny. Any guess of what it could be? <laughs> 1997, number one song. Hmm. Is it by Garth Brooks? It is not. Okay, well, I have no guess. <laughs> it is Mbop by Hanson. Oh, boy. <laughs> wow. We were, we are really in that that uh, time portal now, 1997. Oh, wow. yeah. Talk about a one-hit wonder. Yeah, this was... Uh... Man, this it this was everywhere. Yeah, it was. I remember wow. they were supposed to be they were fairly young, or at least the one brother was. I mean they, they all were, but one was like thirteen. Yeah. And this was like he was a prodigy, and then it's like you never they had a couple <laughs> more songs that gotten I think maybe cracked the top ten, but nothing close to this. 
Yeah, as their friend Caleb would say, that was a bop back in the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I bet if you threw that on at nightclubs, people would go crazy for it, though. I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Uh, let me see. What was I up to? In... Oh, the summer of 97, the family and I mm-hmm. went uh, to a vacation to Myrtle Beach. So that's nice, what nice. I was up to. It took me a while to <laughs> figure that one out because I had, you know, my memory is not as good and I don't have the benefit of social media to look back. So I had to rely on memory and family photos and all that good stuff. But I go one step beyond for the people. Um, <laughs> uh, 97. <clears throat> I actually think that's <clears throat> around the time we... My family and I moved, I think, right around that time. In my head, that's what happened. It was like summertime. A hell of a year for wrestling. Probably my favorite year. Uh, I would say 96 to 98 was probably just peak television for wrestling. Let's call Mm -hmm. it that. Like the most entertaining. I remember if you didn't watch, you were considered like a dork at school. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, it, it was not uncool to wear your wrestling shirts to school back then. Absolutely. It's like, you know, you get on the lunch table on Tuesday afternoon. It's like, do you guys see what happened? It's like, oh, I didn't watch that. It's like, go sit over there, loser. I would say by the next year is really when it peaked as far as shirts and, like, factions and all that. I feel like the shirts and the signs was, like, by 98 was everywhere. Yeah. I... I mean, 98 was a bigger year. I personally preferred 97. I think 97 had better matches and stories, probably. 98 was probably better TV and just more popular, like more money. Yeah, that's that's accurate, because WWF was still struggling in 97. By 98, you had Mike Tyson come in, and then you had Goldberg really get hot. So Tyson, Austin, Goldberg, it was NWO. It was just like peak wrestling yeah so good i i i was still partial to the dx versus heart foundation faction that was yeah it was pretty good uh, but uh speaking of the time capsule your history with con air um i mean i've seen this movie countless times i i don't think when I was that age, I don't think I saw it in theater. I think it's something I discovered, you know, like on TV when it would come on. And it was just always, you know, a rewatchable movie. Um, a lot of, a lot of fun, fun, memorable performances in it and a lot of good quotes and stuff, which I'm sure you'll go over. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I got, I power ranked all the quotes. Uh, all right. Cool. Cool. Yeah. I've seen the movie like a million times. Um, yeah. Yeah. I did not see it in theater. I, I mean, I hope they do, I guess this year would have been, or wait, no, last year would have been the 25th anniversary, and I did I mean, if a theater did like a 30-year anniversary for it, I would go to that for sure. But, I think technically, uh, te- technically we saw part of it in theater. I, we saw it at the beginning of uh, the, that movie that came out with Nick Cage, the, um, the uh, yeah. Massive Talent movie. Yeah, that's saw, true. Saw the end of it, part yeah. of the end of it. Um, so yeah, uh, I would love to see it in a full theater full of like, like, I think this, if uh, there's a theater here in Columbus that does, I mean, they used to be like 
they would show like a lot of old movies. They would do the Rocky Horror Picture Show when that was a thing. They would show yeah. the Room when that would be come <clears throat> around, and like all these old cheesy movies. I think this one would would do well there. Uh, so maybe one day. This is definitely a popcorn flick. Yeah, and I've I, so I first saw it. I didn't. I think my parents rented it from Blockbuster, and when mm. I watched it, I immediately loved it. I ended up. We had to do like a, re- a movie report in middle school. I picked Con Air for that, so I did a report on this movie. Um, did you show up looking like Cameron Poe? <laughs> I did not. I'm not Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> in hindsight, you probably wish you did. You're like, man, that would have been a boss move right there. That'd have been good. Um, I well, let's see what. Oh, there. I won't get into too much detail on this. There was. Uh, there was one day at the house when it was like just a whole bunch of drama and everything, and I went and turned on the TV. It was TNT, which it's like TNT's favorite movie. I think it was on even last week when I told you about it. Nice. <laughs> and uh, it just felt like an old friend. It's like stopping by, being like, hey, heard you're going through a tough time. I'm here for you. Sure. Like, I watched Con Air, and uh, yeah, so that was good. It's a comfort and, movie for you. And I've got a uh, I've got a good good collection of movie posters right now, and my favorite is Con Air, which I put right behind me at my office, which I'm sitting in right now. So when I do the Teams meetings at work, when the cameras are on, everybody sees the Con Air poster right behind me. <laughs> Everybody's got their little funny backgrounds, like oh I'm in space or oh, I'm on the beach. No. I'm in my office with a Con Air poster. So <laughs> that is, uh, I mean, that's that's my history with the movie. It's uh, it's extensive. I I think I do need to get the Blu-ray of it, because I, I think I have a DVD which has, like, no special features. Yeah. I think the Blu-ray has deleted scenes. <clears throat> yeah, I've, uh, I've got it on just uh, Voodoo, so I've just got it. You know, streaming version of it, but yeah, definitely maybe one day I'll have to get a Blu-ray of it. Yeah, I've looked for the deleted scenes on YouTube. I didn't find any. Um, mm. I don't know what they are or if they even have any. But like the 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 generic DVD, it's like, well, we have French dub, interactive menus, theatrical trailer, <laughs> like cool. It's like push push start if you want to watch the movie. Yeah, like, <laughs> there you Dol- go. Dolby surround. <laughs> Uh, some outtakes for this movie would have been probably really good. Bloopers and outtakes and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Making of. I'd love to, I'd love like to see Malkovich, like just Malkovich rambling and, you know, outtakes of him would have been great. So the movie was a financial success. It was, uh, let's see, budget 75 million, box office 224 million, which is 149 million. Or with the inflation, two hundred eighty-three point three million. So a lot of money. And perhaps I was wrong in my assertion that critics lost the pulse of what Americans like in around two thousand fifteen, because critics fifty-eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes, fans seventy-five percent. Yeah, that's. I figured probably around that ballpark. I figured fans probably be in the seventy to eighty percent. Critics, yeah, right around there. Just because they're, they're kind of highbrow about still these kind seems, of movies. Still seems low from fans, but uh, uh, whatever. Uh, yeah. 
Well, speaking of uh, highbrow and whatnot, we can jump into the cast, and um, one member who particularly does not like this movie is John Cusack as U.S. Marshal Vince Larkin. Um, it gives me reason to not trust Vince Larkin in my circle of trust. I know. Like, I don't think he can be one of the three men I trust now. <laughs> so, I don't know. I mean, to me, these him and, and Nick Cage are complete opposites. Because Nick Cage, I don't... I mean, I'm sure he loves this movie. Where it's like, dude... I think, yeah. It's like Cusack. You've... you've You've you still make money from this movie. Like you probably got an eight dollar royalty check from TNT just a week ago, and like okay. I don't like people mem- remember it. It's a it's a fun action movie. It's a quintessential '90s action movie, and it's like it's a movie that you can put on at a party, and people can just walk by the TV and be like, "Oh, I love this movie," and yet. He, like, refuses to talk about it. It's like, jeez, get off your high horse. This is why he roots for both the Cubs and White Sox. Just a weird person. Is it, like, I think he's mad at the wrong thing. I feel like he's maybe mad at himself that he hasn't put out more memorable performances in his career to, like, overshadow this movie if he's so embarrassed by it. It's like people still think of him in this movie because they enjoy the movie and it's got a lasting legacy. I think that kind of annoys him because he. Th- I think he honestly thinks he's better than he really is. Is the thing. I like John Cusack, but I think that's the problem. I think he thinks he's better than he really is. He's not like some legendary, theatrically trained actor with like a resume to match that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he's I, a good actor, but come on. Yeah, and it's it's interesting. I'm looking at this article. Uh, Apparently, Willem Dafoe and Mickey Rourke came close to playing Cyrus the Virus. I, uh, maybe Willem Dafoe. Uh, they both might have done well, but I don't think I don't want either. Would, uh, I don't want either of them over John Malkovich after seeing the movie so many times. No, I don't either. Dennis Leary wanted Steve Buscemi's role. I think Dennis Leary might have been able to do a good Vince Larkin. I think Dennis Leary probably could have pulled off a Cyrus the Virus, honestly. Like he's he's good in bad guy roles. Yeah, I just um, no, whatever. He doesn't like it. I disagree with him. Yeah, it's very weird of him to not, you know, to be that way. Because like you have other guys that started off in like horror movies, like uh, Johnny Depp. He's not completely ignoring Nightmare on Elm Street, which is you know that's what he cut his teeth in. He doesn't just completely ignore that and try to over, you know, try to overlook it and act like it didn't, doesn't exist. He acknowledges it and he's. He's probably proud of it to a certain degree. I mean, I would think so. Like I said, this is a man that roots for both Chicago baseball teams. And if it's anything yeah. like New York, I can't imagine ever rooting for the Mets. Unless, well, they're, think, unless they're playing the Red Sox in the World Series. That's about the only situation I would ever see, do that. Yeah, my thing with him also is it's like you were in Hot Tub Time Machine, which is also a fun <laughs> movie for me. It's like, how is that? That's true. You know, more highbrow than... Con Air, it's like, come on, it's like you're actually playing, like, he's playing, like, the one serious character in the movie, <laughs> you know? He's not really going comical at all. He's playing pretty much straight up to go, you know, to balance out the movie some. 
Oh, this is a huge star-studded cast, though. Yeah, and we've for got sure. uh, Danny Trejo as Johnny 23. Uh, they call him Johnny 600 if they knew the, <laughs> they knew the real story. <laughs> 23 does have a good ring to it. Yeah. I don't know why, but it... it uh, I wonder whose idea that was to call that character that. If it's just the writer or somebody recommended it or what. It's probably Trejo. He's like, hey, call me Johnny 23. He's just one heart for each one of my bitches. <laughs> He just loves raping people. I mean, I do love uh, Malkovich's character Cyrus. Say, you know, pretty much saying he despises that. I thought that was like he has a code at least. He does. I did like that. Um, we have Dave Chappelle as Pinball. Yep. My one complaint is that we didn't get to see how Pin. I mean, we kind of we know how Pinball died, but we didn't get to really see it. I mean, right. but I wish we could have. But, uh, I mean, he was great. One of the underrated parts of this movie, and I'm wondering if this was improvised, was when Dave Chappelle, like, squirts the uh, the Native American guy next to him with the yeah. gas and then lets him on fire. And then they free him. And he's like, oh, he was just chanting and doing some Indian shit. And <laughs> <laughs> he's, like, don't, he's like, don't take it. He's like, hope we can be friends. Or he's like, don't take this personal chief. Whatever you say. Like, yeah. Coaches, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's like, you, he's like, you, we come through, we pull through this. He's like, hope, hope you don't hold a grudge or something like that. And I really do, because like they checked their mouths for anything that they were hiding in their, you know, in their, yeah, uh, in their mouth. I really do think Dave, well, the character Pinball probably did like brush his teeth with feces or something to make it so they would do a quick search because they do mention that yeah it's like well if you are escaping from prison and you need a guard to smell your breath and be immediately disgusted to where he cannot continue the search i mean you have very limited resources <laughs> what, what shocked me uh let's see we got uh Another this this could have been another movies for guys who like movies because I think it has the highest or at least it did have the highest verifiable body count was uh, a Total Recall and this was uh, Rachel Takotin who played uh, Molina in that movie so she's back as Guard Bishop yeah she did good you know uh, yeah. she uh, kind of killed Johnny Twenty Three I guess. <laughs> the the, the uh, lasting shot of him with just the arm dangling there. <laughs> I love that. Um, we have the best friend, McKelty Williamson. Uh, Bubba Gump. Bubba Gump, yeah. <laughs> As Baby O. Yep. We don't ever know what he's in jail for. Probably, let's see. I mean, those are all hardened criminals for the most part, so except, I don't know. Except Cameron Poe. Um, I mean, he, he did commit you know, a murder, but it was, uh, only, it was only technically he was there, what, because he was a trained weapon, basically. It was the only reason he was there. <laughs> yep, which is insane, but... <sighs> Pinball, I would imagine, was not a murderer. Um, no, he was, I, I, what did he say? He was a crackhead and robber, he probably, armed yeah, robbery? He, he probably did, like, some kind of robbery type stuff. He's a hell of a nice uh, guy. He just got caught. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Bubba Gump probably just messed up. I don't know. 
Yeah, fell into the wrong crowd early. Um, we have Colm Meany as Agent Duncan Malloy. He was the real villain of the movie. Kind of, yeah. He, he was almost, the, the almost, fun sucker. He almost killed Nicolas Cage. <laughs> yep. Uh, Ving Rhames as Diamond Dog. A, uh, I liked... <laughs> One of my favorite scenes is uh, where they just throw in this subplot of, uh, it's like, you know, how come a black nationalist, that would be you, is playing second fiddle to a white boy on a power trip? (laughs) He just reveals, like, before it's all over, he's going to turn on him, and then Nick Cage is like, it's just more drama. Yeah. Um, I'm a dog. It was was a good, good role in the movie. I liked his character. He was a good secondary villain. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I have to throw out uh, a shout out to MC Ganey, a swamp thing, who looks like every person <laughs> from Central Florida. Oh boy, he's that guy. I wouldn't say he's ever been confused with a leading man, but anything he's ever been in, he's always enhanced the movie because he's just great in little, you know, small little parts like that. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. The guy, where did he go? I lost him on my list. Um, uh, where is he? I'm trying to... Uh, Are you thinking of the man who looks more like a convict than any man you've ever seen? <laughs> <laughs> yes, here he is. Nick, uh, Nick Chidland as Billy Bedlam. Uh, I mean... He found his... So, this guy looks like he's a blue-collar worker. Probably has an anger... Angry, anger issues. Definitely hits his wife. Then he found oh her God. in bed with another guy one day. <laughs> so, he probably was just like... He walked in on him. And they had a shouting match. And she's like, Oh, what are you going to do, huh? And he's like, You want to know what I'll do? I'll show you. And then he just leaves. And then she's like, she tells the guy she's with, "Oh, don't worry about him. He, you know, he's not gonna, uh, he's not gonna do anything. He's all talk." And he drives two towns over and murders her whole family, even the family dog. Honestly, I, the way it played out in my head, I could just see him walking in quietly, seeing it, and just walking out without saying a word and driving off and doing that. Yeah, could in be my, too. In my head, that's the way it played out. It's more psychotic that way. I mean, I, I'm kind of sick of all these prequels, but if 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 someone wanted to do a movie showing how, <laughs> just call it Bedlam. How, oh, that's good. <laughs> that um, is good. I mean, you could oh. do the Con Airverse, where it's like you have Billy Bedlam. How did he come to be? How did Garland Green come to be? And oh, Cyrus the origin the virus. movies of all of them. Yes, origin movies. Yes. That would be good. Ving con- Rhames' uh, character. He blows up the NRA meeting. <laughs> Call it the CAU, Con Air Universe. <laughs> I love that. I love it. Um, speaking uh, of, Steve Buscemi is Garland Green. A uh, mass... Uh, I guess if you go by the numbers, probably the worst serial killer in American history. Would he kill yeah. 30, 37 people? This guy was like, uh, yeah, he was like Hannibal Lecter on steroids. Yeah, I guess the Vegas shooter got, what, like 50, so. Oh, um, boy. But, yeah, I mean, as far as, <clears throat> I mean, 37, that's that's a high number, so. Yeah. And 
You know, he, he drove through uh, two states wearing a little girl's head as a hat. And yet, we all rooted for this character. Sure, he was the comedic relief in the movie. Yeah, I'm sure when when he left that little girl alive, people were like, oh, he's cured. And when he was freed at the end, people were like, oh, he's he, he got free and he's good to be a gambler. Good for him. And He's got the whole world. <laughs> In his hands. <laughs> My favorite is when, like, the plane is crashing on the strip, <laughs> and they're mostly showing the plane. It's like hitting the hard rock sign, the uh-huh. guitar, and then it cuts back to the people and the the passengers, and you just hear the itty bitty baby. <laughs> <laughs> that kills me every time. <laughs> he just, you know, he he kept singing the whole time. <sighs> Uh, and I don't, he, but he he did not like uh, Sweet Home Alabama, or nope. maybe he did, but he just he didn't like the irony of uh, a bunch of people singing it when you know the band died in a plane crash. Yeah. Um. Then we have the two main events: John Malkovich as Cyrus the Virus Grissom. He might be honestly the most underrated movie villain of all time. He's up there. He's definitely up there with um, the likes of uh, Clarence Boddicker from RoboCop for me. How about, how about um, John Lithgow and Cliffhanger? Have you seen that one? I have. It's been a long time. I think he's an underrated villain for sure. Um, I've wanted John Lithgow. He might be too old at this point, but I would like him to play. I don't know if you ever saw this, the uh, ventriloquist, the Batman villain. I think he'd be hmm. perfect for that. He's got to be what, like in his seventies now? Yeah, I mean, he looks just like him, so it, I don't know. Maybe mm-hmm. de-age him, but maybe. But yeah, John Malkovich. Um, he's great. Yeah, he's got a PhD, and he earned it in prison. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty, honestly, that, that tracks, because I think somebody like that would do the exact same thing with their time. Yeah, he just hates uh, rules. <laughs> I honestly wish they would have had a little bit more of him in the movie. Like, I think he was so good, they could have had even more of him in it. Yeah, I... hmm. Again, this is where I would love to have a uh, a prequel. Who would play the young Cyrus the Virus? Young Cyrus. Um, mm, that's a good question. Um, who looks... Who's got... Um, let's see. I would say... There's not many bald actors... Um, somebody, somebody would have to go bald for the role. Yeah. Bald uh, cap or shaved down. Man, that's a good question. Um, I'll have to think about that one. <laughs> we'll come back to that. And then the main event, Nicholas Cage is Cameron Poe with his fake Alabama accent. <laughs> I'm sure that accent turns some people off. I find a little, to me, there's some charm to it. Like I think it enhances the movie 100%. <laughs> I yeah, I I mean he's perfect for this role. Yeah, I love him. It's one of my favorite roles for him. Yeah, I mean, 
it's, he has fun with it, and he looks. He's got the. I mean, he's got the gift that everybody loves with his hair blowing in the wind. It's uh, only Nicolas Cage could have pulled this movie off. Now, at the same time this came out, wasn't wasn't it the rumor of the Superman movie with Nick Cage right around the same time? I think so. I think um, so, too. In my head, that's how it was. Nick Cage has since played Superman in a movie, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> um, yeah, there's, I mean, I don't have anything bad to say about Nick Cage in this movie. I get why some people are turn off or think it's too over the top or whatever, but to me it's just a fun movie and I just roll with it. So maybe this is a bad a bad idea, but I I thought of a Joseph Gordon Levitt, shaved head, young virus the virus. I'm not kidding you. I was thinking of him too. I just I just wasn't gonna say it until you rolled back to that's literally one of the guys I thought of. Alright, then it's settled. <laughs> I think that's a good choice. Yeah, he shaved his head. I think he's shaved his head in a movie before. Yeah, I feel like I've seen him with a shaved head. He did play the young, younger Bruce Willis in uh, what was it called, Looper? Let me see, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, shaved head. I feel like I've seen it before. So, oh, it was in um, what the hell movie is it? Oh, uh, Fifty Fifty. Oh, yeah, the Rogan one. Yeah, I don't think I've seen it, but I, I remember it from the trailer. Yeah, I remember that. Okay, yeah. So. Well, it's a good good choice. I was legit thinking of him. Another guy I was thinking of was Paul Dano, um, but I like Joseph Gordon-Levitt much better. Yeah. That role. Yeah, I... It's a good gotta, choice. We need the... Uh, we need the Con Airverse. I mean... You know, for God's sake, we should, we're making a Willy Wonka prequel. Like, did should, you, did you ever wonder, like, how did he, how did he get this chocolate factory? That movie's been out for a hundred years, and I never once wondered, like, how he came to inherit this chocolate factory. But we're getting that, and yeah. here you have. I'm wondering, how did, uh, how did all these people get caught? How did they catch Garland Green? He killed thirty-seven people. Michael B. Michael B. Jordan is young, young uh, Diamond Dog. I don't that, know. That could work. Or you could do, uh, you know, you could do like a a series on uh, on Max. You know, like each season yeah. follows one of these people. Tell you what, I just need. I want Billy Bedlam just to be the same same actor. <laughs> <laughs> He's just de-aged. I really couldn't think of anyone other than uh, this guy. Uh I looked at other movies he was in. Um, he's in Training Day. I know that. He's, yeah. one of, he's one of Denzel's crew, which he's good in his little limited role. Now. He's only in a couple scenes. He was in one that I just watched not too long ago. Let me... <clears throat> I can't... Mm. I, w- I wish he was in more movies, because that guy, he's definitely got a unique look about him. Yeah. Maybe I... I don't know. Maybe I just made that up in my head that he was strong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it was, uh, no, the terminal list. That was it on prime. Okay. I watched okay. that, but I don't remember his, <laughs> I don't necessarily remember his character all that well. Well, he, he'll always leave the lasting impression as Billy Bevel. <laughs> okay. I just Googled his character. He doesn't even look the same. Well, that's disappointing. 
Yeah. Well, we might need to recast Billy Bedlam, unfortunately. Oh, that's... I wish you didn't say that. Uh, I don't have no idea who. I'd have to really think mm, about that one. Yeah, we got to double back. Double back you, on that. You need someone who really looks like he uh, works in, like, a steel mill or works on cars or something and abuses his wife. Hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, I do like the idea of that though. Just call it Bedlam. It's the rise of him. They should they should do it, and then you don't realize that it's you know it's Billy Bedlam from Con Air until the end. It shows him like getting sent off or whatever to jail, prison, and it's like you you runs into another character, but you got to do like another movie to tie into that, have the, have that the meeting point of both characters or something. Oh, I just realized who who should play uh, Diamond Dog is Denzel. They literally say it in the movie. They're talking to Denzel for the part. Oh, jeez. <laughs> what was his book called? It was like uh, Through the Eyes of a Diamond or something? Something like that. Well, that's got to be the name of his show. <laughs> because the New York Times called it a wake-up call for the black community. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, that's he, too good. He blows up an NRA meeting, which probably kills <laughs> hundreds of people. Uh, yeah, through the eyes of a of a diamond, I think was the name of his. That book. sounds right. Yeah. Is there any other of these convicts that you want to give a shout out to? Honorable mention. Oh man, um, I think that's about all of them. Uh, well, <laughs> how about the super classy and respectable portrayal of a transgender prisoner? <laughs> I was just thinking about that. <laughs> Sally can't dance. Yep. Really, really towed the line and kept it respectable. <laughs> no, they pretty much went full 90s. It's like, look, a guy that dresses like a girl. They're funny. Laugh at them. Yeah. Oh, so I'm good. Trying to think if there's any others. Because there seems like there might be one or two are missing, but it's not really hitting me right now. I did love when uh, Cyrus hands him or her, I don't know, the gun. And it's like, if anyone gives you any trouble, just claw their eyes out. And he's like, you got it. <laughs> uh, uh, I think that's... Uh, oh, oh, how about the how about the agent that brought the gun on that wasn't supposed to? How about him? Oh, Agent Willie Sims. Yep. He's I'm... DEA. Do you know what that means? <laughs> that jerk. All they had to do was listen. Listen to Larkin. They just couldn't do it. Couldn't help themselves. No. He was in a situation you couldn't control. Cameron Poe was right. He was trying to help him in that moment. Mm -hmm. The guy guy just didn't realize it. I did love uh, Cyrus's, like, if you're going to use a human shield better than someone as a two-bit something crackhead. I think he says two-bit crackhead. Yeah. He's like, you all didn't mean that about the two, the crackhead stuff, did you, Cyrus? He's like, hand me that gun. Hell like, yes, I meant it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was classic. Classic Cyrus. Oh, he's man. like, as soon as I got the gun, he's like, all right. He's like, yeah, absolutely. I meant that. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll jump into the plot. We're not going to do how we normally do. It's more going to be free-flowing. But uh, this opening scene... Where Cameron defends his wife 
in a uh, a bar fight and kills the guy and is inexplicably sentenced to seven to ten years because his training more of it is expected from him. Similar to um, what's the one movie? Do you remember the movie Undisputed with Wesley Snipes and Bing Rams? Similar, uh, it's similar to that because Wesley Snipes' character is a trained boxer, and he does similar a similar thing, kills a man, and he goes to prison. Yeah, I think they just wanted to make it like Cameron is completely innocent. He did nothing wrong, and it's like, technically, I guess that's true. I don't know. It's just he had a really bad lawyer. I'll say, yeah, really bad lawyer, and. Um, so, basically, they get to this point where Cameron has been paroled, and they don't ever say where his prison is, but he's hitching a ride home. Um, so, I guess they're... Um, I, guess, the, it's, I yeah. would guess it's on the other side of the country. Yeah, guess. wherever the prison is. Might might be the Supermax in Colorado, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, but. I guess over there. New Mexico, or one of those states out there. Yeah, and then they're flying to Carson City to drop off some people and pick up some people. And then I'm assuming flying to Alabama is the final destination. Yeah. But there's a uh, this plan where uh, the main prisoners, who we've mentioned, they're going to hijack the plane and rendezvous in Carson City at Lerner Airfield with this uh, Colombian drug lord, Sandino. We'll get to him in a minute. But, uh... Spoiler alert, Sandino sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not sure what his plan was. Like, why not just bring all these people unless you just didn't trust him, I guess. Yeah, probably tying up loose ends and doesn't trust him. Yeah. Jerk. Well, um, they all just wanted to be on a beach... With uh, umbrella drinks and dirty naked freaks. That was the end goal. <laughs> Sipping Mai Tai, singing Kumbaya. <laughs> that was the goal. I loved uh, Nick Cage when he's like, he has second thoughts about <laughs> He's like, you know, I was thinking about the naked party freaks. and <laughs> he's, like, I, he's like, I got, I forget what he said, something about like he had fear. Yeah, he had 15 years of prison left and... Uh, the, the whole plan was so pinball swallowed like a condom or something I and think so. maybe rubbed feces in his mouth to make it so that when they searched his mouth it would be too smelly they find, you, find you a good friend like uh, Malkovich has in pinball who's willing to do that kind of stuff for you yeah it's like oh did someone crap in your mouth oh he told me he loved me <laughs> jeez uh, the neighborhood cats running around, so that's the commotion. Oh, those the neighbors. No, it's just a stray cat, but it hangs out in the neighborhood. Okay. Uh, meanwhile, like uh, Cyrus and Billy, they've got like needles that they put in their like the folds of their skin in their hands, <laughs> uh, which would sting a lot. And yeah, it would. They are able to pick their oh diamond dog too. They pulled off their uh, their handcuffs with it, and um, they mentioned pinball set the guy on fire, and 
you know, they opened up his seat to so they could put the fire out. How long do you think this plan was in motion? How long do they know in advance, and how long do you think it took them to set this in motion? It seemed pretty extensive, because they had the, the letters from the law firm, which I'm guessing was just a bunch of random words, but then when you use the Last Supper and cut the eyes out, uh-huh. that's yeah. when the uh, meat some course Divin- in the city learned uh, revealed. I was going to say, some real Da Vinci Code shit right there. Yeah, and then there was the bomb, don't open, and then they opened it. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Uh, I I feel like that's something that uh, old Duncan Malloy would have done if he was Mm -hmm. there. But that was the plan. And they did have to go to Lerner Airfield because if they skipped that stop, well, first off, Sandino was at Lerner Airfield and their pilot, so they needed to get both of them on board. Plus, if they skipped that, then people would know something's up. They had to stop for the old Swamp Thing. Yep, so they picked up Swamp Thing. They got rid of the one pilot because Cyrus got the DEA's gun. And uh, that they told not to bring on. So if they didn't get that gun on there, I wonder how how much more resistance the, the plane would actually put up. You know, it seemed like that really made it very possible for them to take it easily. Yeah. Well, the pilot also had a gun, so Cyrus ends ah, up with right, two uh, two handguns. Yep. And then um, what was it? So oh, this cat is annoying me. So. Yeah, Cyrus ends up with two handguns, and they they do get to Lerner or uh, sorry Carson City, and they drop off. They know the colors of the people, but during the whole ordeal, a bunch of people got shot, including the three people that were supposed to unload. So they needed uh, other people, and through the whole thing, by the way, Baby owes uh, insulin. He's got to get his insulin, but they broke the syringe in the in the madness. Those guys dicking around. Yeah, and uh, so they drop off the the people, and it's like, well, the pilot's white, and <laughs> so they they used him, but it's fine because Swamp Thing was going to fly the plane, and they switched the transponder. Well, Pinball did, and uh, which was smart. Yeah, he put it in like a tour plane for the Grand Canyon, and uh, <sighs> that had to be Cyrus's idea. Yep. And uh, he was flirting with some girl and missed his flight and got sucked up into the wheel well and died. <laughs> what an idiot. <laughs> and uh, old, uh, this is when they dropped uh, Pinball because they, were, they weren't they were going as fast because the wheel well couldn't go all the way up because Pinball was stuck in there. <laughs> and um, I did love deceased Dave Chappelle. He just had... <laughs> It's like clearly a dummy, but it had like this weird grin on his face. <laughs> yeah, they and, showed they showed his whole drop down. That was yeah, great. it's lucky they were over a city because uh, I've taken many flights and most of the time you're just over nothing. Yeah, yeah, pretty convenient that that you know that he landed where he did. Yeah, on the guy's car, he's just got it washed, and then there's bird crap. Cameron Poe left a little message with him. Yeah, for, for Vince Larkin. And then um, it's where they find all the, the stuff, all their, um, what was it, their personal belongings. Yeah. <laughs> I did love Diamond Dog gets the sunglasses <laughs> and walked by the, the Sally Can't Dance 
is uh, the character's name. And he's like, hey, those are mine. He's like, they're mine now, sister. <laughs> like, men. <Yeah. laughs> uh, but there's also a small artillery in the belly of the plane. Should mention that. Uh, but yeah, they get to the Lerner airfield. And um, this is when Vince Larkin figures out that that's where they're going to rendezvous with uh, Sendino's people. And I guess go to Columbia and live on the beach with dirty naked freaks. Because don't think there's extradition in Columbia. That's the plan. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Sendino double-crosses him. We get. Uh, he didn't see that coming, by the way. Yeah, right. Well, Especially just, when the plane just, didn't. He's like, "Don't worry, Cyrus, he'll be here." Yeah, he just looks. The guy just looks slimy from the get go. So I was like, "Yeah, he's gonna, he's gonna screw him." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and this is uh, at this point. I think this happened before, but uh, Billy Bedlam goes into the belly of the plane and reads Cameron Poe's letters because he's like. You said you had 15 years left. Well, that puts you in North Block. Well, I didn't know you. Like, what do you think that means, Cowboy? Like, yeah, what does he say? He's like, there's, there's 300 cats in, or whatever he says, 300 cats in North, in North Block. I didn't know you either. He's like, I, oh, no, no. He says, I knew every single one of them, including you. What do you think about that? And he's just like, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, he finds the rabbit, and we get the, the great quote, which I'll drop later. And um, he kills uh, Billy Bedlam. And this is... Uh, R.I.P. to a real one. Yeah, I know. R.I.P. to a crazy one. Mm-hmm. Sad. And uh, we get... Uh, once. Well, there's the great... I can't skip over the great action scene of the, the Boneyard. Oh, yeah. Where all the military are coming in. Uh, oh, you know, you got to mention the Cyrus planning this out. <laughs> oh, yes. That's in the quotes, too. Don't worry. Oh, great, great. <laughs> and they put all these propane tanks that they release, and they just, you know, the soldiers go into this little alley, and they all get blown up. But at least uh, Cameron was able to get the, uh, the syringe. Yep. It's like, oh, drugs will end you, son. <laughs> Easy for you to say you don't got to take a piss. <laughs> uh, I did love when they landed in Lerner Airfield. And they almost wrecked to this small plane. And this guy runs up, and he's like, "What the hell, man?" And then he sees like this whole plane full of prisoners with guns, and he just runs the other way. <laughs> I hope he likes sand. Yeah, <sighs> I'd probably do the same thing. <laughs> I hope there's a town somewhere thirty miles away or whatever. Well, Jeez. we know there's a run-down trailer park with an empty swimming pool. Yep. How convenient. Yeah. Came in handy for one of our characters. Mm-hmm. For Garland Green to just hang out there and have a tea party with this girl that everybody thinks he's going to kill but doesn't. Call him Double G. Yeah. And then they tied uh, the plane to this, uh, this big cement thing, which they free, and they end up taking off again in their in their plane, not Sandino's plane, because Sandino got killed. We have another great line for that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. And I get, I loved uh, Cyrus's thing where he pulls up Guard Bishop, and he's like, so, 
we have a, a problem. Uh, you know, someone alerted the authorities in uh, Carson City. Someone tied the plane off. And someone even killed poor Billy Bedlam. Now, is this a coincidence? Perhaps. But I believe we have a traitor in our midst. How do you flush out a traitor? And then he's just like, we will flush it out. One, two, and then Cameron Poe is about to stand up, but then Bill, uh, Baby O pushes him down. He's like, it's me. Pretty clever. And then Cyrus shoots him. Yeah, he's like, pretty clever, huh, bitch? Like, no, that's clever. <laughs> I thought uh, he'd shoot him in the head, but uh, yeah, didn't I want Baby O to die, I guess. Yeah, I don't think they wanted to be that mean-spirited with it. They wanted that character to survive, but they wanted Cyrus to get his point across. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, he, uh, he well, he doesn't kill him, but he almost kills him. And then this is where Cyrus also realizes that Cameron Poe is a traitor when he starts reading uh, the letter that his daughter wrote him. Probably the most underrated thing in the movie, honestly. <laughs> and, and and you and I both agreed. I can never hear the word, the date, July 14th, yep. without thinking of Cyrus reading, like, My dad is coming home on July 14th. My birthday is July 14th. That date will forever just be... It's yeah. like uh, Cain with May 19th and See No Evil. It's like that. Yeah, I can't he- ever hear that date again. I I hope my future child is born on July 14th. That would be great. That would be great. Be if, they are, if they are, you're going to name it... Uh, <laughs> you're going to name it Casey Cornelison? <laughs> Maybe. That's pretty good. Maybe. If they're um, born on that day. <laughs> I feel like, honestly, if that happens and your child is born on that day, you should take it as a sign that you should name it that. Yeah, I think I will. <laughs> I mean, there's a 1 in 365, 66% chance, you know? Mm-hmm. One, in, 1 out of 366 on a leap year. So, I mean, if, that's, if that actually happened, that'd be kind of cool, though. I think so. Be better than those kids that have like their birthday on Christmas. That's the worst. <laughs> Name it Casey Poe Cornelison. Yeah. So I loved this, but they they crashed the plane on the strip, which uh, would cause mass fatalities. For sure. <laughs> and this was my favorite. Hey, that's enough. <laughs> Where we get basically like the end boss of a video game. Where it's like, Swamp Thing takes the fire truck, Cyrus is on the top spraying water, and Diamond Dog's at the bottom just like firing off the gun. It's uh, It just reminded me of like a video game boss. For sure, for sure. And like they, they blast like, some of like the non-important characters <clears throat> off with the water on their bikes. It even became like a two-player game because Larkin's joining Cameron Poe in the chase down. Exactly. They both they both bike up at the same time. <laughs> so, and like, it's so nineties. <laughs> the most painful looking thing in the movie when uh when Cameron Poe stabs <laughs> that spear into Cyrus's ankle. Mm. Oh, that looks so painful. Yeah. Of course, uh Diamond Dog, he gets uh like they run the motorcycle into him, so he blows up and dies. Which is appropriate because <laughs> that's what his main crime was, was blowing people up, so now he got blown up. Diamond Dog got a Michael Bay style death. He did. <laughs> and then, uh, so, uh, Cameron, like, he handcuffs Cyrus to the ladder. 
Meanwhile, Vince is like using the hose to flood the the main cabin of the fire truck. I don't know if Swamp Thing dies. He wrecks, and I think his body flies out. I guess he probably died. Uh, I would think so, probably. But like, he flew through the front windshield, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's probably fatality. R.I.P. to a real Swamp yeah. Thing. The most Florida-looking man ever. <laughs> so then Cyrus gets this insane death. <laughs> <laughs> So he crashes through like a sky bridge, which would probably kill most people, but that's not enough. Oh no. He flies, I guess that detached his handcuff, which I would buy that. Yeah. And then he flies over into a pulverizing plant, which I did not know that was was one near the Vegas Strip. I've been many times, but uh, maybe there is, or there was. And his head just gets crushed by a, a pulverizer. Which is very (laughs) final. Yeah, they're like, you know what? This character's not coming back. (laughs) Hope you enjoyed him. You're not going to see him again. They did take... I never noticed this until I rewatched it just this time. They took some liberties, because they they start off on the strip, and then, like, the very next scene, they're on Fremont Street, which those are not that close to each other. It's, It's a bit of a drive. Not long, but... Then after the chase is over, they're just back on the strip, which I thought was like, very um, convenient, but whatever. Yeah, they wanted it to look cool for the movie, be on the strip. Yeah, and then Poe and his wife, he meets his wife finally. They hug it out and gets their bunny rabbit. And then elsewhere, Garland Green has escaped and he's playing craps. Yeah, Cameron almost, that bunny almost got away from him. He, he saved it from the sewer. Mm-hmm. He had to give it to his little little hummingbird. So, I've power-ranked the quotes, and uh, feel free if you disagree with any of these. But <clears throat> Number 10, and some of these I have to add context to. This is where Cyrus is explaining... We're starting off with a little, bit of, little comedy. This is where Cyrus is explaining his plan to, uh, you know, uh, attack the military that are coming. He says, considering my audience, I'm going to make this very quick and very simple. This is the boneyard. And he points to, like, a, a bunch of trash on the in the sand. He's like, this is the hangar. This is our plane. And then this character named Viking is like, what's that? Cyrus says, that's a rock. <laughs> He's like, oh. Uh, it's so much funnier watching it. It doesn't sound hilarious, but it is. That is funny. It's, it is very funny. And, just the, uh, it's just the dry delivery of it that makes it <laughs> hilarious because the guy is so serious and Cyrus is like, that's a rock, you idiot. <laughs> I loved this. This is uh, this is what made me first think that Billy Bedlam would make a good prequel movie. Oh. Is Garland Green talking about him. He says, he's a font of misplaced rage. Name your cliche. Mother held him too much or not enough. Last picked at kickball. Late night sneaky uncle. <laughs> Uh, whatever. Now he's so angry, moments of levity actually cause him pain, gives him headaches. Happiness for that gentleman hurts. Mm. (laughs) Love that quote. Uh, We got... uh, I mean, everybody remembers the main quote from this, but we have another one from Cyrus of, make a move and the bunny gets it. (laughs) Definitely up there. This one was great because it, it... Goes on to Cyrus's disdain for rapists. Not the one about, like, 
I equate them with the stuff that accumulates at the corner of your mouth on a hot day. But the <laughs> other one, where he's like, do you fly, Johnny? Johnny says, no. And Cyrus says, you keep that in mind, and you look at her, because if your dick jumps out of your pants, you jump off this plane. <laughs> that was like Cyrus's hero moment of the movie, that scene. Yeah. It's like Jason Voorhees. It's what it reminded me of. You haven't seen it yet, I don't think. The Jason Takes Manhattan. You've not seen that yet, correct? Uh, just some parts of it. There's the scene where they're in like the alley, and the, the two guys are basically trying to drug and rape the the lead girl, and Jason saves her from them, even though he's trying to kill the, kill her. He's like, "No, you're not dying by the hands of these guys. I'm going to take them out real quick." My favorite is the boxer versus Jason. <laughs> oh, that's great. It's still, that's one of the best kills in the whole franchise. Even or when though, Jason just walks by the boombox and just kicks the shit. <laughs> dude, there's there's a lot of like good gif and meme moments in that movie. It's not the best in the franchise. Definitely not, but it's still entertaining. Yeah. Uh, another one from Cameron Poe that I really <sighs> like. This is number six. All right. Uh, where he says, sorry, boss, there's only two men I trust. One of, them, one of them's me, the other's not you. <laughs> <laughs> That's I love pretty good. That. It makes me wonder who the other man is. Is it Baby O? Could be him or his dad, because his dad taught him a uh, light or many hands means light work. Maybe he means God. I don't know. Could maybe I don't know. It's, it's you could say it means a lot of things. I don't know. Yeah, could be his dad. That'd probably be the most logical one. Yeah, many hands means light work. My dad taught me that. Uh, let's see oh number five, Top five. A, quint- a quintessential quote from Cyrus ladies and gentlemen this is your captain speaking I have the only gun on board welcome to Con Air yeah that's definitely up there one of the better quotes which I can't even look at <laughs> like when I go through an airport and see Continental Airlines I can't even not think of Con Air I wonder how they came up with the title. I don't know. Pretty, pretty good. Pretty creative. Because the plane was called like the Jailbird, <laughs> which, uh, speaking of, is my fourth quote. Uh, this one's a bit of a song. So we have Vince saying, "Where are you going with my plane, Cyrus?" Cyrus, in a hilarious <laughs> voice, is like, "We're going to Disneyland." And he says, you're lying, Cyrus. Cyrus says, so are you, Vince. And then a great little song. We all know the words. Oh, nothing makes me sadder than the agent lost his bladder in the airplane. And then Vince just throws his headset. (laughs) Oh, that scene is great. Morgan, I told you Morgan Morgan enjoys Cyrus the Virus. Oh, lot. yeah. There's a lot of great quotes in that where, uh, I mean, you mentioned the one earlier. It's like, hey, I don't like him. If he talks again, this conversation <laughs> is over. Yeah, he's like, he's like, oh, yeah, he's like, I don't like him. He's like, if, if I hear him again, he's like, this conversation's terminated. I think that's what he says, terminated. It could be, yeah. it could be over, though. But that, that was great. Yeah. Like, Cy- Cyrus just kills me. Like, if any character from the movie besides Cameron could have his own movie, it's definitely him. Mm-hmm. Oh, I would love a sequel with Cameron Poe with, like, we, uh... We've discussed that before. There should be a sequel with him and his family. 
There should. Like the Sindino family seeks revenge on them or oh, something. That'd be good. Yeah. It's like they're on vacation and the Sindino family, uh, somebody, his son or somebody comes after Cameron Poe. Like, that'd be great. Oh my goodness, we have two stray cats now. That's the first time I've seen that one. <laughs> uh, it's a neighborhood. Um, where was, uh, oh, number three. Number three. It's going to be historic because this will be my uh, the first f bomb on the podcast, but I have yeah. to say it to uh, for to really put over well, how great is, the quote is. This is not hero cast for talking. This is movies for guys who like movies, so it's okay. That's true. Where um, it was Vince, where Vince is and him are talking. He's like, you know, I just couldn't leave a fallen man behind. That's why I stayed on the plane instead of getting off at Carson City, and. Uh, Cameron or um, Vince asks, you know, what he's gonna do. Cameron Post says, "What do you think I'm gonna do? I'm gonna save the fucking day." Yeah, great quote. That is a great quote. I'm wondering if you have his other similar badass quote left out of these final couple. Well, I don't, but it'll be the end quote of the podcast. All right, it's a great quote. But number two has to be. Uh, so the plane, the the Sendino plane, has crashed into a gas station, which uh, was from Vince Larkin uh, knocking off the wing. No one's really wondered why this crane started operating. <laughs> uh, but it it wrecked the plane. It flew into this gas station, and Sendino emerges all bloody, covered in gas, and. <laughs> uh, he gives this so this excuse was so funny. Like we were coming to get you. It's like it's not how planes work. You don't just pull up to the curb and uh, everybody hops in. It's like no, you have to walk to the plane. Um, but uh, there's a cigarette with next to a, or one of the people has a, a lit cigarette, and Francisco just says, "Sigh." Cyrus grabs the cigarette. Throws it into the gas, just says Honora. <laughs> One of Very, the best quotes in a movie history. The only guy that said it better, I'd argue, possibly, I don't even know if this is better or not, um, Wolverine in The Wolverine, when he says Sayonara before he kills him. That's, oh, that's a good Silver one Samurai. That's um, a good one too. Yeah, that's pretty good. And number one has to be. <sighs> to Cameron Poe, to Billy Bedlam. <laughs> Put the bunny back in the box. <laughs> and then, of course, after he kills him, he just says, why couldn't you put the bunny back in the box? He's like, why are you making me do this? I'm just trying to get home to see my humming bird. <laughs> yeah. Put the bunny back in the box. Yeah, so we've... Look, we've given Hollywood a lot of ideas. I know they're on strike right now, but... Look, if you're a writer, you might be like, you know, like, man, I'm I'm itching to write again, you know. I've been on been out of work for a few weeks, no paycheck. You know, maybe you want to, maybe you have a hobby and you want to, like, oh, I'll write some ideas down. Because when we go, when the strike does end and you go into work that one day, you're going to be way behind, you know. So, we've given you... A sequel where the Sandino family goes after the Poe family. And then we've given you uh, 
if nothing else, an HBO Max, or just Max, I guess, series, uh, what, four seasons? You know, you got uh, John Malkovich, the Cyrus the Virus uh, TV show, or movie, whichever. And we even cast it for you. I mean, you could call it The Virus. You could call it, do one uh, called Bedlam. You could do one yeah. called Diamond. or Yeah, know. Through the Eyes of a Diamond Eye, yeah, yeah, whatever yeah. it was. And then you have uh, Garland Greens. Uh, yeah. We give you four TV shows, four seasons of a TV show, or four movies, whichever, plus the Con Air sequel with the Sindino family going after uh, Cameron Poe. It's kind of like uh, how Die Hard, you know, it's like, um, who was it? Um, I forget the character's last name. Um, Hans. Uh, Gruber. His, yeah, Hans Gruber. His family went after uh, Bruce Willis. That's another good one. Yeah. <laughs> For maybe down the road we can do. <laughs> Christmas episode. <laughs> oh, yeah, that'd be great. Definitely a Christmas movie. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that would be uh, that's a similar idea. Or uh, in Taken, I believe that was the... Even though the sequels were not as good, but... The first one was pretty solid. Yeah, I agree. third Taken was a little rough. <laughs> I, I couldn't get over the plot hole of, like, the girl doesn't know how to drive, and now she's just zipping through the streets of Italy or wherever they were. <laughs> well, yeah, Con Air's basically, you know, it's like Die Hard on a Plane, kind of. Uh, you know, we can evolve that, have like Die Hard on a Beach or Beach Resort or something with Cameron Poe and the fam. Yeah. Like, I think I think that'd be great, honestly. Yeah, we've given you a lot of ideas. So, and, and look, Hollywood, we know you love prequels, so here you go. I mean, it's yeah. prequels and sequels. I just gave you a bunch of them. Um, nobody so, writes Con Air 2, we should do it. We really should. Really should. So, Gotta do it while Nick Cage is still, still able to do it, you know? Can't wait too long. Yeah, that guy hasn't aged. I mean, people give uh, Tom Cruise a lot of praise for not aging, which he does, which he hasn't, but Nick Cage hasn't really aged much either. They've got to be about the same age, right? Yeah, I would think. Right around 60. Well, uh, what are we giving, uh, oh, I don't know if we decided what was next week. I know we have our, our list. Um, we have a couple, uh, Predator, I think was on the list. Uh, I mean, I own all these on DVD, so it won't be, <clears throat> um, let's see, Predator was on the list, uh, Bloodsport. I think any given Sunday was one he wanted to do. Um, Roadhouse. Point Roadhouse. Break. Yeah, Point Break. So definitely some good ones there. <clears throat> Not yeah. sure what you want to settle on yet. Uh, uh, we could do Predator since we just mentioned it. All right. So plan on doing that one for next yeah. one. That's good. If you don't have it on DVD, let's see. I don't know where you. It's probably on a streaming service. It's got to be, I right? I think it is on Max. I'm pretty sure. You're right. It is on Max. I own like a little box collection of it, so I'll well, probably just be lazy and stream it, though. <laughs> I might. Uh, speaking of Max and movies for guys who like movies, here's a TV show for guys who like TV shows. Warrior on Max. I, I know I'm late because it came out in 2019. I just discovered it. This show is great. It's... uh takes place in, like, late 1800s in San Francisco when they brought over a bunch of Chinese immigrants. And it 
shows like the rise of gangs in China, or sorry, in San Francisco, and hmm. the main dude is like this martial arts prodigy, and he's looking for his sister, and he gets recruited to this rival gang, to the one his sister's in. I'm only like three episodes in, but uh, it's awesome. It's got great fight, great action, and it was the concept was written by Bruce Lee. Like huh. he wrote this concept, and I guess someone was like, "Hey, this is awesome. We should make it." And then they finally did. You know, like who said that? Any names? Not I feel like it sounds familiar. Um, no, I don't know the. Uh, I don't know. Let me look at. The star, I don't know. It's uh, Andrew Koji. He's hmm. British, not Chinese. I mean, he is Chinese, but he was born in okay. uh, England. He has. Uh, he was in Bullet Tree. Who did he play in that? Uh, not any of the. Yuchi Kimura? <laughs> I don't remember. Oh, he was in Snake Eyes as Storm Shadow. Remember okay. that? But. Uh, Bullet Tree, that was he's, a He's awesome. He he's the star. He does a lot of cool fight scenes. Uh, All right. And it's it's actually kind of cool the way they do it. Like, cause I'm watching like the first episode, and I'm like, man, are they gonna be speaking Mandarin the whole time? Because I don't like this is three seasons. It's a lot of reading. And then like at right. one point when they're speaking Mandarin, the camera just kind of pans around and they switch to English. I'm like, oh, I get it. They're still speaking Mandarin, but the show is like, we know you don't want to read. And That's like, kind of you're good right. Idea. I don't. Good idea. Yeah, that is a good idea. Yeah, like it just he's talking in Mandarin, like in the middle of the sentence. It's like the camera just circles around, and then it just starts in English. It's like, and then the only time they speak Mandarin in the show is when they're in the presence of like an American character, because the Americans obviously don't speak that. Hmm. Um, the that's main character good does idea, speak English, I've never, obviously. Yeah, I've never, I don't think I've ever seen that in a movie before. That's a show. It's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, I don't know how much of it is dubbed, but obviously the main character, he's, I mean, he's born in England, so he speaks English. But, uh, yeah, but uh, they were going around, like, you know, extorting businesses, like, we're, you're, you're paying for protection type of deal, and... Uh, they're talking to the shop owner in Mandarin as this white lady's like, oh, you leave him alone. <laughs> you know, because they don't want her to be able to understand it. So, but uh, so far it's been really, really cool. I uh, can't believe I took so long. Cause I love martial arts stuff and I can't believe I didn't know this existed, but hmm, highly recommend. But yeah, that's uh, tell you what. Max is becoming my favorite streaming service. Also helps that it is included free on my cable. I think because I subscribe to HBO, so it's not really free, but it feels free. Right. Just like yeah, Prime got, feels free. They got they got a pretty good library on there. They do, they do, and uh, that's where I get all the DC movies for the Hero Cast. So yeah, Predator next week. Not speaking of good library. All right. HBO Max. It's uh, one of the more, more rewatchables. I'm be uh, looking forward to this one too. Mhm, mhm. I uh, I think I watched it not that long ago, but I'll uh, gladly I probably, watch it again. Yeah, I think it's probably been a few weeks since I watched it. 
because uh, it's like one of those I'll just throw on, like in the background when I'm working or going to bed or something. All right, end quote time. Another great Cameron Poe quote. <clears throat> it's it's and it's very badass too because I would say it's his most badass one. Yeah, you could say that because uh, the context is Baby O. He got shot and he's thinking he's about to die and he's like, you know, all I keep thinking about is. You know, there ain't no God. And then Cameron Poe gets up, he's like, and he says, I'm going to show you God does exist. (laughs) 